0: Business Matters in association with the Faculty of Business at ATU Donegal. Looking for a career in financial services? Consider the Level Nine MA in Governance, Compliance, and Data Protection. Take the next step in your career and contact the Exec Ed Coordinator on nine one eight six two zero six or email execed execed at lyit.ie today. I'm Kieran O'Donnell. You're welcome to Business Matters on this week's podcast.
1: We focus on the success story that is Creven Community and Enterprise Centre in Thurman. Later in the program, I'll be talking to Carmen Coughlin, Community Operations Manager with Gigabel, and Neil Sullivan, founder of Hadfield Green, who are both based at the co-working Plus GTEC Digital Hub that's located within the centre that was officially opened last week. But first, Mary Doherty has been manager of Creven Community and Enterprise Centre for twelve years, and she began by explaining that the digital hub was originally part of a leader project.
2: Since then it has grown and gained momentum to be a nine business hub here. Um, we're full at the minute, which we're hoping to expand. Um, so yeah, it's been a real success and we had a great day on Monday.
1: Before we go into the detail of the business hub, can you talk to me about the centre in general, how it started and why it started up?
2: Yeah, um, and need was identified here by a, a group of local volunteers uh, 15, maybe 20 years ago now at this stage. Um, funding was looked for and it was granted and the centre was built and opened in the 1st of December 2008. The childcare was the first section to open here in the centre and on the first day, on the 1st of December, there was two children attending. Um, Shortly after that, the rest of the centre opened our enterprise units, our sports hall, our astro pitch, our community room and our computer suite and our gym, of course. Um, So from there, it's just grown and grown. Um, Now we're at capacity for all elements of the centre. Um, Our childcare, we have just over 50 children under the age of 2 on our waiting list for childcare. Our co workspace is at capacity. Our grassroots bike hire business, um, that's our social enterprise that we've had running now since 2013. Um, We identified a gap in our market, in our traded income rather, um, as a time change, between the time changes here simply because of our location. Um, We didn't have people coming into the centre in the evening. We were busy in childcare, we were busy during the day, but in the evening time we didn't really have, have much income, and especially during the summer months. So we researched and investigated what tourism products or services we could offer and all we looked at craft villages and we looked at tea shops and we looked at different things, but we eventually settled on a bike hire business. And with working with Glenway National Park, we run the bike hire business from the park. We also work with secondary and national schools uh, during bike weeks, but also transition year students throughout the rest of the year. We run cycle ride programmes, bike maintenance programmes, um, and we run adult education classes here and we run a bike maintenance course as part of that as well. So that's been a, a huge part of our um traded income over the last almost ten years now.
1: And and, and terms, how much is that worth to you every year, May?
2: Each year is different, but since the COVID and the, the staycations uh We've probably been increasing twenty thousand each year, so we're we're up now to traded income for grassroots of just over ninety thousand for uh two thousand
1: twenty one. That's a nice earner.
2: It? it pays a lot of bills in the winter and the summertime. Yeah. And keeps us afloat for the winter time. To run community events. It subsidizes everything we run here. We don't have to charge anybody sixty euro for the rent in our hall now. We can put it down to twenty euro, do you know, so our anything we run here, anything we get profit from, it goes straight back into the people and the centre. Um, Over the last number of years, we've also become debt free here. So we had a community debt on the building that was here since the building opened. It was just part of the the package, you know, you have to co-fund. So that's gone now. So we're looking about um, a new strategic plan, development plan for for the craving and for the whole area of Thurman, really, we're looking at.
1: And what's that going to consist of, Mary?
2: Obviously, there's a need to expand childcare, massive need to expand childcare. So we can't fund it all ourselves, so we will be going to our funders and and asking them for support. Um, You know, we have, like I said, we have over 50 children under two. We have about 15 between the two and three age group, and then we have... We have our ECC scheme full, 33 children um, each year, and that leads on to um, progression into the national school over the road from us here in Terman. Um, it's a natural progression to have your children here. They have the full wraparound service. Parents can drop them off in the morning between 8 and 9. They're left over to school. They come back here in the evening. They get their meal. They get their homework done. They get a bit of activity either outside or in the hall. There's loads of things here for them to do. Um, So the natural progression now would be for us to expand childcare and also to expand offering we have in co-working. And it's always supposed to be a community building. um, Not through choice, we've lost our gym. It's through necessity to facilitate our after-school club because it's grown so much. Um, So we'd be anxious to create a space that we can get our gym back we can house everybody that we need to, um, and that we can have community space back again here. Now we still have our community rooms that we run classes in, and our sports hall, which is extremely busy this year. It just seems to have taken off again. Um, I suppose maybe we forgot how busy it was before lockdown, but we're we're back, we're back with a bang. This year's really busy, yeah. So the expansion would be. Uh, Childcare and co-working would go hand in hand to expand and what that the community facilities would increase as well.
1: And is there a timeline for, for those plans? No, I mean?
2: it's, all, it's all just on paper, there's nothing, it's all just in our minds rather yet, there's nothing down on paper but um, with the group of funders and the, the CEOs we had here on Monday, um, we made it very clear to them that uh, there was expansion, expansion on the horizon and, and we would hope for their support.
1: Mary, the fact that the centre is debt free must be a huge relief for you as you move forward with the plans for the future.
2: It's it's incredible at the centre as debt free because I mean ten years ago when we started looking at paying off this debt, there was nothing running at full capacity here. We we could hardly see a way out, and then we started a silver circle draw, which which just got the ball rolling. It freed us up that we weren't always just trying to make ends meet. Um, it it gave us a buoyancy to start other things, and and that's really when the centre took off when that silver circle draw was going that we could run a lot of other events and we could take on more stuff and since then the has just grown um, to be debt free is great there's not many centres that are debt free um, hopefully we'll be able to expand without taking on too much more debt um, so here's hoping
1: so in relation to the uh, official opening of GTEC and the uh, digital hub here Talk to me about uh, how that works, who's here, and uh, how things are going.
2: Okay, so that works. Um, like I said, we got leader funding to start off the project. So we got capital and training fund from leader, which was really invaluable to us because it showed us how how to set up a hub. There was lots of research and training done about how to become community builders, community managers, You know what worked well in hubs. We did best practice visits to Wales, Germany, Spain, and France which really showed us what was going on in other places and how to set up our own space. Originally, um, before COVID, dare I say the word again, um, we had just one room that was going to be four or five desks put into it and that was going to be our co-working space. Um, When COVID hit, we realised that wasn't going to work with investment from Donegal County Council through the Atlantic Economic Corridor and the Western Development Commission funding, we were able to expand that out on phase one to put in two glass offices and that allowed us to have three separate co-work desks and hot desks in. Um, so then we realised, no, we're full at this, we would need to expand again and luckily just as we had, had that plan on paper, the Western Development Commission announced um, more funding was available, so we were successful in getting €45,000 in that fund, and that's where we created the three extra glass offices and upgraded the lighting, the heating, and all the the utilities that go along with our co-workers and what they need. We've put on two electric vehicle charge points outside. Um, We've upgraded the staff room um, and the meeting room facilities here, Um, so it's just grown and grown and grown and we can just see it, it's been here forever. The businesses we have here are a number of start-ups, there's some people who are consultants who just take a desk here, not just take a desk here, they're here, they're part of the team here now, Um, there's a great community feel here, Um, even people with closed door offices, they don't close them that often, the doors open and, and they're all just the one in there, yeah.
1: So it's a, it's a mix with a difference here at Crevian, isn't it?
2: It is. We have um, a company who's hiring top-level executives, and, and then we have somebody who's a recruitment specialist for the medical medical field. We have Sean McVeigh here with Output Sports, um, which is a new, like fairly new company, but, I mean, they're going great places. He's probably uh, two... Sh- too bashful to, to say how great their company really is. We have uh, Cormac Coughlin here from Gigable, a new tech company who's, who's revolutionising the gig economy. Um, and, yeah, we have a, a great range of workers here, and they're all here now on a dedicated desk. They all made a game for one day or two days a week to start with, but we were just so good they didn't want to leave.
1: Tell me, Marie, did COVID fast-track uh, essentially where you wanted to take the centre?
2: Yeah, it definitely did. The idea of the leader project and the co-work, co-working project that was developed in 2018, um, I mean, it was way ahead of its time. When you look now, you realise what a good strategic move it was. I mean, at the time, we were definitely a bit hesitant, much as we were all for it, we were definitely a bit hesitant about um, open spaces and working in open spaces and privacy and all that there. So what the... What the pandemic it showed us that you can have both. Do you know that as long as we have a private space for people to make phone calls, m- they're more than happy to sit out and carry on with their work and have the banter with somebody over the desk from them. It's it's, um, it's a new fresh way of working, and it's a new fresh way even for the staff here to see people working.
1: Yeah, <clears throat> I think uh, during uh, the the opening ceremony. Uh Earlier in the week, reference was made to uh, partnership and community, and I suppose, in essence, the combination of both those is, uh, is the key to the success of the centre.
2: I think so. And um, funny, I was on conversation with Tracey Keogh from Grow Remote um, after the event, and I was saying to her, you know, I was asking, have you any flagship co-working spaces that you would recommend that we go to? You know, that we can that we can learn from or whatever. And she said, it doesn't matter where you go, as long as you have a good community builder. as long as as the people who are working there feel as part of a community you're one and you have the right space
1: How many people are working here Mary, all together now?
2: Um, In the Craven Community Centre we have 25 people on our payroll and then we have the nine businesses that are also working from our co-working space, now that's not to forget our long term tenant Charlotte who has her head to toe hair salon here and she's here for over 10 years so she'll have maybe two or three employed as well
1: how proud are you as the manager of the centre, Mary, t- t- to see it uh, growing and evolving as it is?
2: Ah, it's amazing. Um, like I said, 10 years ago we were here, the snow was thick on the ground, one of the winters, and the board of directors were wondering would they pull their money to pay the wages? And that was the reality. Now we're sitting with a profitable centre, two great social enterprises running from it, a childcare service that we could triple... Um, staff that are happy. We have a good staff retention rate. Of course, people move on. Um, it's only natural. Um, but all in all, the centre is, is a happy, nice place to be, I think.
1: What's, what's the one uh, reason for the change in the fortunes of the centre? I
2: think the... The funding and the the supports that we've received from the agencies, you know, they're all so approachable. You can lift the phone and say to them, I'm thinking about doing this, where would I get supports? How can we co-fund it? Can you help us with an application? You know, nobody says, no, I'm not doing that. They're all, that's grand. We'll catch up on a Zoom, I'll send you the links. You know, everybody is so helpful. Um, and we have a great relationship with all those, and we have a proven proven track record of looking for funding, drawing it down, doing the right things, um, and being able to to put on then events like like we had there on Monday to showcase everything we have here every so often. So it's great that they can come out and visit our centre. It's an open door. You know, there's, there's nothing hidden here. So. Everybody can use it. All those groups that were here on Monday have used it at some stage for meetings or events as well. So they see the benefits of having a a good centre as well.
1: And finally, Mary, what does the future hold for yourself and the Craven Centre here in Thurman?
2: Well, (laughs) now We would hope for expansion. We would hope now that our uh, strategic plan would would come into place and we would be able to develop both uh, the co-working space and childcare together because they do go hand-in-hand. Hand. We would also like to um, roll out a bit more of education training through grassroots. Um, you know, we have cycle, a footpath now from you enter or, can I, at the Dry Arch Roundabout. You have it right out to almost the Silver Tassie, Conwell Graveyard, the top of Care, right the whole way out to Kilmacrennan. So maybe setting up some kind of a cycle hub along there or... Um, and expanding into education for cycling and um, bike maintenance and that as well for schools.
1: Maria Dorley, Manager of Creaving Community and Enterprise
0: Centre in Terman. Thanks for taking the time to talk to us this morning on Business Matters.
2: You're very welcome. Thank you, Kieran.
0: And there we'll take a break. Business Matters, in association with the Faculty of Business at ATU Donegal. Looking for a career in financial services? Consider the Level 9 MA in Governance, Compliance and Data Protection. Take the next step in your career and contact the Exec Ed Coordinator on 9186206 or email execed, E-X-E-C-E-D, at lyit.ie today. You're welcome back. Cormac Cothlin is Community
1: Operations Manager with Gigabill, and Neil Sullivan is Founder of Hadfield Green. Both work out at the digital hub at Creven Community and Enterprise Centre, and I caught up with the pair in Thurman and started a conversation by asking Neil about Hadfield Green.
3: We're a leadership search business, specifically working with uh, technology companies. So we kicked off the business in 2019 um, out of Dublin, and um, we now have uh, three offices, one here in Turman, one in London, and uh, one in Dublin. So I guess we work with many uh, high-potential startups, so a lot of tech businesses who want to hire leaders for their business, so whether it's a chief technology officer Director of Sales, someone maybe in marketing. Whenever they get maybe a bit of investment from some either venture capital businesses or angel investors, nine times out of ten they need to put a few more bums in seats in their leadership team. So we work with those companies that uh, are very ambitious, want to grow, and we uh, help put the right people in place and um, to accelerate that success.
1: Appointing the right person to the right position is a big part of business.
3: Hundred percent, yeah, yeah, and I think in. Uh, even more so well not even more so but I think with COVID and various different things with more of a distributed workforce I think getting the right culture fit in any business and getting that dynamic right for leadership teams whether it's in sport business it's it's, it's essential you know so um, so we we play a, a good role in that and it's um, it's really exciting it's really fun
1: Karmic, moving to yourself you're the, the local person here among the duo tell us a wee bit about uh, the company that you're working for at the moment
4: yep so I'm um Originally from Letterkenny, living in Dunfanahy. I work for um, Gigable. We're a company based in the gig economy. We connect freelance workers with businesses who need short term staff. So, essentially, my role in Gigable is to ensure our freelancer community have access to work that is suitable for them, at a good pay rate for them, the right conditions are there for them. And I suppose. The company on a wider scale is is all about being transparent and making sure the business and the freelancer are, are always working together and, and there's a bit of respect between the two parties and yeah that's really the basis of Gigable, being transparent, kind of going against the stigma of the gig economy that's there at the moment. There's a few large organizations that have bad reputations and it kind of reflects badly on the gig economy and we're really here to change that. Um, and it's a relatively new company, Cormac? It's been going for about four years, but it, with COVID and things like that, it's been up and down in terms of how much business there is and what direction we want to take it. At one point, we, were, um, we could have gone into every industry and business, but with COVID, we decided to go into food delivery. So it kind of made the decision for us and that's what we're basing the business off. So yeah, we're still a startup really.
1: And how how has that decision gone so far to to concentrate on the the food industry?
4: It's been really good. Like COVID, it's it's it was hard to judge at the start. We, We got a real boost because restaurants pivoted from sit down to delivery overnight and we were there to assist them. And then when the lockdown stopped, restaurants stopped delivering or they wanted to go back to sit down. So we saw a big high bit of a low when now we're kind of leveling out again and we can see what what the market really looks like. So
1: so what's it like being being home or very close to home? Uh, I know you've, you're living now in Dunfanaghy uh, mm. from the Rikini and working on Termon, so it's set up fairly nicely for you.
4: Yeah it's great. Um, as you know Kieran, I say I played against Termon down the years and I played against St Michael's down the years for Unions and I don't think anybody would have believed I would have ended up here a few years later. <laughs> I'd say there's a few boys who who, who drive past me every day on the road and they're like what's he doing in this part of the world so um, no it's great to be back in Donegal, I have the the beaches in front of me down in Dunfanahe um, my parents live half an hour away and this office is 15 minutes away so you couldn't beat it it beats a one bedroom apartment than Rathmines in Dublin for sure Neil, um, how did
3: you end up uh, here in Termon? I'm from here, no I'm not now um, I'm, I'm definitely blowing Um I suppose, yeah, I married a Donegal woman, and, um, that was, uh, so met her in Dublin, um, I'm from, from London originally, and no, I went to Dublin in 2006, but, uh, yeah, just met a, met a girl from, uh, uh, from, from, from Rath- Rathmullen, and, um, we decided, mid-COVID, we decided to get out of Dublin, young family, and, you know, uh, uh, Danielle, my wife, she, she, she's always—I know what I signed up to, you know. She's always a home bird, anyway. And then my uh, my chips weren't weren't stacking up anymore, keeping her in Dublin. So it was a um, it was a great move, you know. I'm, I'm straight up, you know, I probably resisted it for a, for a good few years um, for probably the wrong reasons. But now that I'm here, it's uh, just a wonderful community, a great place to bring up kids, and it's nice that they have their family cousins around. So a lot of the the important things in life, I guess. What was
1: the main obstacle uh, that you had before you decided to to make the move?
3: It was business related, really. You know, I I, I didn't, you know, I wasn't from Dublin, so I had no real kind of um, identity with it, right? So it was definitely business, and I suppose working in the leadership search industry, where meetings, relationships are at the heart of any great um, exec search business, and there's still no substitute for that face to face connection. But that being said, during Hover, we had to pivot and we had to find, out, find better ways to create authentic relationships virtually. And uh, so, yeah, that was the main reason. It was just the business, what I knew, you know, just resisting that change was what kind of created the biggest kind of um, resistance from my part. But I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs>
1: How did you find the, the virtual part of, of the process uh, once the face-to-face had to sort of take, take a back seat for a while?
3: Yeah, it, it took a little bit of an adju- adjustment. It certainly did. But I think you know we just just had to kick on you know i think um in all business whether you're selling whether you're collaborating whether you're recruiting you know you're interfacing with people and we all had to do it remotely now but i think business covid aside you know it's far more of a globally distributed workforce anyway so businesses that are really ambitious and want to do business internationally have had to um become better at collaborating at, at um doing business development, creating relationships in a virtual setting, so we just had to had to pivot and I think once you create the right format and minimize the distractions and that was one of the great things of even coming here to Grieving to and, and having a wonderful facility to with great broadband and you can, you know, you have the privacy and the confidentiality of different things you know, and, and we have that here, so we just, yeah, we, we like everyone in the world, <laughs> we all just had to make that transition and um, it was tough, but over time you just have to get used to it and that's that's what we did now, how did you come about to set up your own company initially yeah well I was working in the recruitment sector for a company called Stellfox since 2006 and um, had a great chapter there I was there what 13 14 years um, but yeah I just I just wanted to really try my hand at setting up my own company you know I had um, I've left on wonderful terms still have great relationships with the, with the founders of that company I just had ambition in the tank and um just wanted to paddle my own canoe for a wee while. And that's what I did. And um yeah, I'm delighted I made that decision. But it was tough mid-COVID, I'm not going to lie to you. There was no COVID in my business plan. What was it? Was there a toughest moment or a toughest day that you can recall now, Neil? It was right at the beginning, you know, the honesty of um living where we were living and in Malahide and, and the costs and just that the honesty of not knowing where the business was going to come from you know our whole like we were, were supporting the tech sector so thankfully in comparison to other sectors we were relatively okay that being said when you're doing leadership hiring the first thing a company does is care less about the strategy maybe for the for the future and brings it back more to maintenance mode operations mode and that affects leadership hiring so right march 2020 April 2020 that whole six months yeah we had no work had no money coming in and it was the most scariest time but we got the grants we got loans I did whatever I could and thankfully you know to be fair to the government and the different things there was great support and anyone I interfaced with locally um, from microfinance to the different you know stakeholders that are involved in that they were brilliant and we survived (laughs) and got through it but it was tough it was really tough, you know, and family and costs, and, you know, it was one of the toughest parts of my life, but makes you, I suppose, doesn't it? And a better place now? 100%. Now, look, we we got through it, and yeah, look, uh, but a move to Donegal was was part of that journey, um, looking in the mirror, reassessing values, principles, and all that good stuff, and, and uh, thankfully, you know touchwood the, the business has gone really well since then and managed to convince a few other people to jump in the canoe with me and um opened up the office in London got the office going in Dublin you know so we're hiring like mad and looking for more people in Donegal now as well so it's um yeah hopefully the best is yet to come okay uh, Cormac Neil mentioned
1: covid you, you joined the uh, shortly before covid um, I
4: suppose at the time you were sort of wondering, was
1: it the right move or the wrong move, the way things transpired after
4: that? Exactly, yeah, I kind of I fell into the role, really, in Gigable. It was through a, a family connection. I went in and did a trial run with them. And after a few months, they said, come on ahead, we'll, we'll put you in full time. Um, and then I guess oh, there was lots of different issues and uh, scenarios you come across with COVID, before COVID and after COVID. Especially remote working. Our company's fully remote anyway. But I remember in COVID, sitting down, and you know when when you don't have colleagues beside you, you're sitting in silence. And if you don't know, I was relatively new to the startup startup sector, to technology, and you'd be sitting there looking for somebody to ask a question to. And it's it's easier to do that in an office space where you're you can tap on somebody's shoulder as opposed to organise a Zoom call. Um, I think that's. That's the biggest um, part of COVID and part of being in a startup community and remote working that I found that, and especially coming to Termin here, you have that opportunity. I'm not working directly with Neil or any of the other people in the co-working space, but I can I can go to them and ask them a question about anything, like how do you do this, or do you have any advice on how I might approach this? Where they're working from home and that remote space, it was quite difficult, I think. Mm-hmm.
1: Can you talk to me a bit about your your previous uh, employment background, Yeah.
4: Yeah, um, so I was lucky to be employed with McGinley Motors and Letterkenny for years. I think I spent the guts of seven years between summers and school holidays and things like that. I had a great time there and then I moved to Dublin and I worked with Bord BIA for two years. Um, that was a great experience. I got to go to Belgium, China. I was all over the place, all over the world with them at trade shows. And it was a great great Irish company, great organization. And after that, then, yeah, I just managed to get in with gigabo My sister has worked in startups her whole life, and I wanted a part of that startup excitement. And it led me to here, which is it has been really good. It's been great. So
1: what are the plans for the future?
4: Uh... That's a great question. Um, we have two great founders, John Ryan. He's from Killarney and Shane Gannon from Cork. Really driving the business on. Um, we have big clients in the pipeline from the UK, America, who are hopefully we can get a partnership going. Hopefully, Gigable can be their go-to provider for drivers and delivery services, and hopefully we can get into all sorts of different sectors as well. We had um, some staff in the Aviva at the weekend working under Gigable for a security company, and the same on St Patrick's Day in Temple Bar. So branching out, moving away from delivery drivers and going to other sectors as well. So hopefully it's all up from here. Neil,
1: can I ask you, what's the one thing you like most about working and grieving?
4: It's just that
3: connection with other people and just um, an energy to plug into every day. That's two sorry. one thing. Um, yeah, I think that's just a connection. I mean, Cormac alluded to it already, um, but just, just uh, you know, I've done a bit of I've become quite self aware over the years and and for me to stay motivated and for me to be at my best, I need to be around people you know i i thrive off it i i, I like people <laughs> so I kind of like the the community i like particularly even moving to a new county you know the chance to build you know create relationships make friends but the whole team here is what really makes this center you know that support you know, it really is a community first, you know, non-for-profit business, but it's all about the people here, you know, so, yeah, I just, and obviously there's there's great synergies in any co-working business when, if it's done well, which it's done very well here, there's great opportunities for business, you know, for, for I mean, we're, we're so lucky here that we've got some incredible businesses like gigable, like super high potential startups like Output Sports. You know, we have some great businesses here, and already the lads have opened up opportunities to meet their founders, their CEOs. So, so I think there's um there's many many benefits, but the connection, the people, is probably the, the number one. Uh,
1: you mentioned you have a young family. It was a massive decision uh, to to relocate to Donegal.
3: Big decision, yeah. The best decision, though. You know, I think uh, incredible schools here. That we go, Eve, she's in. Ben swilly you know in the in, in the school there she's part of ga club so i know there's a bit i'm learning all about the rivalry since being here in various bits and pieces and a scene in the paddy's day parade is very segregated as well and who who goes But anyway i think i think um a great school eve just is just so happy here you know she's real she's like a, she's a real outdoor girl and you know like myself as well so i think even in dara's three he's in the Glen, the outdoor crash there down um near near eve's school so and more space, you know. Like it's great to have a bit more space in a garden, and you know, I just think it's best. It's the there's no better place to bring up children than and, than and, this county, you know.
1: Sorry, and for yourself, I know you enjoy uh, a spin on the Bacon, you've uh, been taken on under the wings
3: of the of the Mad Dog Brigade. Can you tell our <laughs> listeners a
1: wee bit about that that group?
3: Sure. Yeah. Well, um, well, Eregel, the cycling club, uh, big cycling club here in in in, in Donegal, and. Um, one, I guess, subsection of it. The Mad Dogs uh, just a great group of guys that um, you know became friends with when I when I when I rocked here. Um, and yeah, we've just we just do lots of different things from the five 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 to um, we we all got together for the Miz and to Malin, um cycle, which we raised loads of money um, from Crumlin's Children's Hospital, and it was just great to be part of that, you know. And it was just um, they were great. Just, honestly, they're just brilliant guys. Um, you know, all very supportive. And just a, again, just another great medium to try and meet people and create friendships. But again, no better place in the whole world than than uh, than Danny for cycling. It's a it's a great place, you know.
1: Cormac, Neil mentioned the, the rivalry there uh, within the GAA circles, and you mentioned it yourself.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I don't know. I've had loads of experience in the GAA playing for unions down the years, and. Um, I love my time there. I'm actually, I'd love to go back this year. I kind of, I I think I, I missed out last year. I felt a bit uh, jealous of the lads, all the success. And not even that, I think even if there was no trophies won, I think they all made a big connection during COVID. They're all good mates. They all hang out together. They all go to the gym together. And I was kind of felt a bit isolated in Dunfanahy. I was kind of doing my own stuff, doing a bit of running, a bit of cycling, but it's not the same. I'm a I'm a team player, so um, I'd love to get back to it. I'm, I've signed up to the the Seven Sisters Skyline race in May. Um, did my first session in the hills last week, and it's it's a shock to the system. So once that's over, maybe the return to unions could be on the cards.
1: Tell me, Cormac, what is the best lesson that you've learned in your business life to date? I
4: guess it's just to open up to people. If you have any doubts or you're holding anything back, especially in that remote space, just say it, I don't think nobody will give out to you for, say, for saying how you feel um, I'd say there's a lot of people working remotely now who kind of feel a little bit lost and just talk to a manager, it doesn't even have to be a manager, just talk to someone who can who you can trust and let them give you a little bit of guidance I think is, is the main one, don't sit in silence I think is, is the most important lesson.
1: Neil, is that something you would concur with?
3: Yeah, 100% I think um I mean, I've made so many mistakes over the years, um, particularly in how you manage and develop people, to be honest with you. Um, so many mistakes. But I just think having that courage to know what the principles are in the business, know what the values are in your business, make sure they're clearly defined and put the right parameters around in the business to hire and fire on the back of them. And I think that's what potentially, you know, some of the areas I, I might have made in, in when I was learning how to be a manager and how to develop people, um, how to build kind of high-performing teams, but really stick to those values, stick to those principles, and even for yourself, holding yourself accountable and having the discipline in place and the right, you know, features and right different support systems around you to call you out on your stuff as well. You know, really healthy.
1: You're based uh, yourself here in Crevein, you have offices in, in London and Dublin. That takes a fair bit of work.
3: Yeah, so so it's still a bit of an adjustment. The honesty is, I, I don't think. Um, I don't think I've got it right just yet in relation to... to it's, it, just, it is quite... What's the word? I suppose it's, it's, it's quite... One week if you know, you're know you here and you're, you're, you're tuned in and you're in the zone here and even just managing relationships with your wife and your kids and that kind of stuff and then you're jumping on a plane to London and spending time over there and then you're driving up and down the road to Dublin, um, it is tricky. I try to plan as much as I can. Um, and only do travel every second week and only do kind of maybe two nights when I go. But um, it's disruptive. It is. And it is tricky. But at the moment, until we have the right layers in place for the next leadership team, team um, which, you know, there's great people coming up, um, it's still it's essential at this time. But we're not there yet. What's the long-term uh, vision for your company? At the moment, we're just really enjoying the journey, you know. it's just it's, We get to work with some of the most ambitious, exciting businesses, and it's just great to feed off that energy and work with those types of businesses. And you learn so much, you know, and they do. They, they give you so much time. Um, so I think just keep growing the business. Um, we want to open the Berlin um, office this year, and then next year um, in America. There's a few few places in America that are up and coming in, in, in Texas, for particularly for... Particularly for for real kind of vibrant entrepreneurial um, little centres of excellence, you know, where there's a really positive ecosystem, great venture capital, great, you know, um, supports from government. So there's a, some real kind of Silicon Valley is already there; it's, it's quite large, but I think there's some lots of pockets in the states that are really high potential for us. Um, so it's growing our growing our office, growing our share, and but sticking to, you know, those tech businesses, those early stage kind of tech businesses, but then work across, you know. Across different um, leadership roles within those businesses, that's the plan.
1: Is there a person in business that you admire most,
3: Michael O'Leary? I could just listen to him all day. I just really just uh, um, some, there's some great, there's some great ones. I, I just really, I just enjoy his uh, his his communication style, <laughs> warts and all. Um, but yeah, he's just someone calls it how it is. Um, works for a phenomenal Irish success story that is Ryanair and time and time again they've gone on to despite COVID you know he just always seems to be great at pivoting his, and I love the, the the story of the people that are underneath him his retention of his leadership teams is phenomenal in, 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 in any industry so anyone that can do that I think is very inspiring um, so he's probably my number one mm. same question to yourself Cormac
4: I'm trying to think of a few names off the top of my head it's hard to look past Michael O'Leary I love him or hate him he's transformed how we travel every day we've stopped bringing as much luggage as we, we're not bringing two cases to Spain anymore um, but yeah I think Bobby Healy is somebody I've been following on Twitter recently um, doing really innovative stuff with the drone delivery Pro- potentially a competitor for us but it's great to see um, an Irish entrepreneur in that space and I'd I, I'd love to give a shout out to my CEO, John Ryan. Really good guy to listen to. He does a lot of podcasts like this. He's been on News Talk and different channels like that. And every time he's on, I, I'm really impressed with what he says. And maybe I'm a bit biased, but um, he'd be up there for me, and I'd, I'd recommend people listen to what he has to say.
1: And finally, Cormac, how good a move on a personal level has it been for you to be located here now in Craving?
4: Oh, it's It's unreal, really. Going from a one bedroom apartment in Rathmines to Port Nabla outside Dunfanahy, where you have three or four beaches within a five minute drive or you can just walk down then come in here determined to craving it's the facilities are unreal the people here, the staff, everything and it, just the ability to, to reach out to people have a cup of tea ask them a few questions find out who they are, where they're from it's amazing the connections just yesterday at the launch like, the amount of people who knew my parents, my brothers, my sisters, club mates, different things like that. It's amazing, the community feel, um, and I'd recommend anyone who's considering going to a working space like this, give it a go. Like You won't regret it. You might do a hybrid model, you might work from home a couple of days, you might come here a couple of days, but I I couldn't fault it, to be honest.
3: And then the same question to yourself, how good a move has it been for you and your family? It's been a fantastic move um, in so many ways, and just to echo what Cormac says, I think it's a uh, this has it all. I mean, we we have co-working offices in in London and co-working offices in Dublin, and and you know this is very unique here, and it's a brilliant place. Um, but what we're really excited about is the is the what the future looks like for a place like this you know there's no doubt that this is a phenomenal success but we're full now you know um we ne- we want more companies where there's more companies there's more opportunities for collaboration more opportunities for mutual business interests um but you know it's it's a with the you know you have the crack with the the, the girls in the childcare facilities the, the whole team that i alluded to earlier um this whole facility is brilliant and i think it's um if there's more opportunities to grow and expand it, it's just brilliant for the whole community, the whole area. And uh, it'll be great to be to watch that, that develop.
1: Neil Sullivan, founder of Hatfield Green, and Cormac Cullen Community Operations Manager at Gagabill, thanks for joining us this morning on Business Matters. Thanks a million. Thanks, Gear. Well, that's our love for this edition of Business Matters. Thanks to my guests, Mary Doherty, Cormac Cothlin, and Neil Sullivan. Thanks to Kenneth Wilson on Sound, and thanks to you for listening. If you'd like to get in touch with the programme, drop
0: an email to businessmatters at highlandradio.com. Business Matters, in association with the Faculty of Business at ATU Donegal. Looking for a career in financial services? Consider the Level 9 MA in Governance, Compliance and Data Protection. Take the next step in your career and contact the Exec Ed Coordinator on nine one eight six two zero six or email Exec e x e c e d at lyit.ie today.